Hey, everybody. Welcome to Geeky Dads Talk About Geeky Things. I'm your host, JJ Johnson. And joining me today is middle grade author and a guy who I believe is the king of the dad joke, Alan Brocken. Alan, what's going on, man? Oh, you know, I appreciate you having me on the show. I was I was going to tell you a joke about toilet paper, but it's terrible. <laughs> All right, so if you guys want to follow Alan on TikTok or Instagram, I highly recommend it. He'll get the dad joke of the day, and I guarantee you, no matter what kind of day you're having, it is going to make you laugh and make your day feel better. Alan, where can they follow you at on both TikTok and Instagram? So it's at Alan Brocken Author, so A-L-L-E-N-B-R-O-K-K-E-N Author. All right, there you guys go. Go follow him and check out his joke of the day. You'll love it, I guarantee you. So how's it going, man? Oh, it's doing really good. I'm um my son just graduated from high school, so I like this empty nest thing is starting to settle in. It's kind of a weird, weird time of life. Oh man. Wow. I I got a few years before that happens. Yeah, you're you're like in the thick of it. And actually it's it's just it's about to get a whole lot busier. Yeah, I have a feeling my oldest is nine. He'll be turning 10 in October. And so I have a feeling it's just about ready to take off. So, well, yeah. you got like T minus two years that they still like you. So take advantage <laughs> of it. I don't know. Sometimes when I tell them to go clean the room, they don't like me now. So. Well, yeah, there's that. Yeah, it's just an age thing, I guess, you know. So, although I'll admit that. Every response they give me when I ask them to go clean their room is probably the exact same response I gave my parents. So, oh yeah, I, yeah. I mean, my mom, she she pray, prayed a fervent prayer that I would have children just like me. <laughs> oh man, we're definitely what's that phrase? Paying for your raising. I yeah, something definitely like that. Doing, yep. Yeah, we're definitely doing that. So, all right. So tonight. Alan and I are going to talk about some space opera. And Alan, we're going to kick this off with some space opera trivia. It's actually sci-fi trivia. So I think you'll do good at this. It's multiple choice. Okay. All right. And if you win, well, um, we need to get some show sponsors to get you like a $2. <laughs> Maybe we can get you a $2 gift card to Starbucks or something. That, that, that'll, that'll be great. I, that, I'll be able to add some... Uh half and half to my coffee <laughs> probably all right so here it is number one what was the first science fiction film to win an academy award for best picture was it a star wars 1977 Met metropolis 1927 the shape of water 2017 or Solaris. I think that's how you said that. 2003. Ooh, tricky. Academy Award. I'll go with The Shape of Water. That is correct. The Shape of Water in 2017. Have you seen that movie? No, I actually have not seen that movie. I haven't. I haven't either. Now I kind of want to go check it out. Yeah, you but... make me want to have to go look into that because I didn't even know that was, to be honest, I didn't know that was a movie. But it just sounded like the kind of the title sounded like something that would win an Academy Award. Yeah, that's true. All right. Okay. So next question. Which Arnold Schwarzenegger movie is based on a story by Philip K. Dick? 
Is it Kindergarten Cop, True Lies, Total Recall, or Running Man? Uh, Running Man? That is incorrect. <laughs> Running Man was actually a uh, Stephen King novel. Uh, okay. Total Recall is the one that it, was based It was off one of those movie. two. I just, I just, yeah. that's all. I mean, I mean, I guess we could say Kindergarten Cop was kind of a sci fi movie. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or a horror movie, one of the two. Yeah, something like that. I could not be a kindergarten teacher. I'm just going to be honest with you. No. Uh, I would, I would go crazy. I would retire within the first few days. Actually, I actually, I, I would do okay. I just would get fired. I, I would have a great time with the kids, and that'd just get me fired. Is what would happen. I'd, I'd, <laughs> I'd get out my trebuchet, and we'd play, you know, catapult ball, and it'd be a good time. Until uh, I fired. You could play catapult kid. You know? Yeah. We might try that. that. That'd be fun. I'm sure they they go. Just take them into the gym. Around. Yeah. Blow up an air mattress in the back and just say, okay, we're going to see who we can, how far we can touch. Now that sounds awesome. Let's do that. <laughs> it does. I, I kind of want to do it. All right. Number three. What did the science fiction movies, The Last Starfighter, Tron, Scott Pilgrim versus the War, our world, Scott Pilgrim versus the world and Ready Player One have in common. Is it A, the protagonist learns they are not human but alien? Is it B, the protagonist travels to the future? C, the protagonist is a gamer? Or D, the protagonist is abducted? abducted? It is C. That is correct. They are gamers. Yes. Have you seen and all I those think movies? They might all get abducted too. I haven't seen the Scott Pilgrim. Wow. <laughs> um, no, I haven't seen Scott Pilgrim versus the world either, but I grew up watching obviously the last Starfighter. Yeah. Um, and Tron, I've seen several times. So um, but yeah. Protagonist is a gamer. All right, two more questions. Okay. Which of these science fiction television shows is based on books? Is it A, Orphan Black, B, Westworld, is it C, The Expanse, or D, Firefly? C, Westworld. The Did you say Westworld? Westworld's the one I mean, yeah. That is incorrect. Ugh. The Expanse. Wow. Wow, look at me. I'm I'm failing miserably. Yeah, I haven't seen Westworld. Have you seen it? I I no, I've seen like the original ads and I saw like an ad for what came out on HBO, yeah. but I've never actually seen the show. Isn't it a remake? Like wasn't there like There was a they... movie Westworld with Sean Connery. Okay. Um, when when I was a kid and um you know, I, I just remember the picture of him walking around with like a shotgun or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So, no, I haven't seen it either. I've seen Orphan Black, Firefly, and I've seen The Expanse. But I have not seen Westworld. Yeah. All right. Last question. Which of these science fiction television shows has had the most seasons? Is it Star Trek? The X Files? 
Doctor Who or Battlestar Galactica? No, oh, that's tricky because it all depends on how you count Star Trek, but I'm going to go with Doctor Who. That is correct, Doctor Who. I'm not sure. I can't really remember exactly how many seasons there's been if you count so, all the old seasons. So there's 13 since the reboot. Exactly, yeah. But I don't know before that how many yeah. there were. There, it went on for years and years. It went back to the 60s, so. Yeah, I'm really fuzzy on the uh, on how many there were of the, old, of the old, older ones, but yeah. Well, All we right. started watching like the original, original, like 1960, whatever Doctor Who's, and that was a real, real uh, product of its time. <laughs> <laughs> it was. And, you know, I used to grow, when I was growing up, I used to watch uh, Doctor Who on PBS late Same. at night. Yeah. And it was the uh, Tom Baker area. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, that was the, that was the era I grew up with. And then, after the new ones came out and I finally got access and started watching the old ones, I agree is definitely a product of its time. So I will confess I have not seen every single episode or season of the original run. Me either. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I would like to do that someday just to say, Hey, I've seen them all. So, all right, man, you ready to get into this? Our top five. I am. All right. So, how do you how do you define space opera? Well, it's tricky, right? Because on the one hand, there's sort of this this military space adventure genre that is kind of like space opera in my mind, but space opera is broader than that. And the way I kind of look at it is, if it's space opera, there's there's uh, you got to have multiple planets in one way, shape, or form, right? Like it's got to be more than one one thing you're interacting with along the way um and and you got to have some sense of the political landscape um and so like for me i one of my favorite all-time books is Shar starship troopers but you know there's no politics between the humans and the bugs they're just bug hunting right like it's just, yeah and and so there's not this this thing of who was the you know, who's the empire, who's the, the overlords, who's in charge galactically um, in that. So that's more of a military, you know, space military kind of thing. Um, so that's kind of how I, I look at it is it's it's not just that there's like cool spaceships and battles, but you've got kind of politics and multiple planets to make it a thing. Yeah, I kind of when I think of space opera, I kind of just think of just, you know, you have epic fantasy and epic oh. fantasy is just wide open you can introduce all sorts of character you can say hey there's this story taking place over there but you know with space opera it's sort of the same taste take it's just this vast openness of just different worlds the different politics like you said that you get involved in and you know, it's amazing because I think everybody kind of has their own definition of what space opera should actually be. And, you know, I'll talk to some people and I'm like, no, that's not space opera. They'll be like, no, it is. And I'm like, well, my definition's different, you know. So I always think of like just that wide open vastness of just different worlds, different stories. And of course, you know, when I also think of space opera, I think of a little bit of exploration, visiting different places, different planets and different systems even and so 
I don't know. It's 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 an interesting genre because I think there's so many different directions you can go with it. So, all right. So, what is your num your number five? We're gonna go five down the one. What's your number five? So I picked up this book when I was a kid called Star Wolf. I was a big fan of the library sale, and I think I picked it up for a quarter. And for a you know I don't know fourth or fifth grader, it was a pretty thick book. Um, but I really liked it. Um, it had you know this dude going all over the galaxy kind of stuff. Um, I don't know anybody like nobody else I know has ever even heard of this book, but um, I just always enjoyed it because it was kind of this. Uh, uh, you know, expansive thing. He went. He went to different planets. He had to um, deal with uh, like the the like the guy himself was a human on a non-human world and had to deal with the politics of not being you know of their clan, one of their people, kind of thing. Um, so I don't know. I just I I, I put that as number five because of, of of the stuff I have on the list. That's kind of my least favorite of the five we're talking about but i also like i've read it probably two or three times and that's kind of how i gauge it is like how many times have i read it or watched the movie or something like that yeah um i do not believe i have read that i i might need to check that out sometime the star wolf by edward edmund hamilton, hamilton. all right yeah. I, i'll i'm gonna add that to my list i might have to check that out sometime all right so my number five is foundation by I, isaac asimov um, I read this for the first time. I have not read this in probably about 10 years. I'll be honest with you, but I first read it when I was a kid. My dad had two science fiction books on the shelf. Well, he actually had three. One was a post-apocalyptic Deathlands, but he had a Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury and he had Foundation by Isaac Asimov. And I pulled off Foundation. It was not a long book and I've read it probably three to four times. Mm -hmm. But I just remember just being glued to the page because it was the first time I'd read a story where, and I was probably 13 or 14, where there was politics and there was science and there was an explanation behind the science. There was fear that was creeping in. And then there was also this aspect of religion in the mm -hmm. story. And I just remember just thinking just like, Oh my gosh, everything is just collapsing right in front of you. You know, society just feels like it's just this heavy collapse. Now, I have not watched the show that was put out by, I think it was put out by Apple TV. Have you seen it yet? No, I haven't seen it. I I, I have read the book a couple times. Um, it just didn't quite make my my short list. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen the TV show either. And it's it, it's like it's on my summer to-do list to, to, yeah. to watch and uh but i just remember that and i i really i have the book sitting here on my i have the entire series sitting here on my shelf but i would love i'd love to reread it sometime i just you know with everything else you need you, we have to read in life yeah. we want to read and our to do you know to be red pile continues to stack up so foundation oh, I I, I got to be honest with you. That's the biggest problem with becoming an author. You have all your friends' books you got to read. You can't go back to the old ones you like. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. And then like um, somebody's like, "Hey, you want to, you know, check out my first ten chapters?" And I'll be like, "Yeah, sure." And this is like, "Wait a minute, I want to get to this book over here. I'm reading too." So I mean, reading for entertainment after you become an author <laughs> sometimes doesn't work. Sometimes. So, all right. So that was my number five. What's your number four? My number four is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, of course. Yes. 
You got it. That's got to be on a list. I mean, near the top. I, I just, I love the quirkiness of the whole thing and just the absurdity that goes throughout the story. Yeah. But also there, the, you know, the, the improbability drive. I love that. Um, and, you know, just so many of these just quirky little things throughout it. And, you you know, that that book went with some others in the series and I read them all when I was about 13. And I think that was the other thing was, was about, I think I was 13 when I read it. And there's just something about that age that it just hit the right yeah. spot. It was I, I couldn't put the book down. See, the improbability drive that is powered by the improbability generator. Is that what it was? Infinite and probably, yeah. The yeah, infinite, infinite and probability generator yeah. powers the infinite probability drive. And, and you can travel to infinite, pro, infinite, you know, basically it makes, you know, you know, faster than light just pointless. I mean, you can just hop wherever you want, really. Well, um, and, and I love the, I love the, uh, the point where they had these incoming missiles and they use the improbability drive and all of a sudden and what, one of them becomes a petunia and the other one becomes a, a, a sperm whale. And it yeah. goes through the sperm whale's thoughts on its way to hitting the ground. But it's just so so good. So well done. Yeah. Now, um, in the book, the and, in, and also in the old TV show, the ship was shaped like a, a shoe in a way. Mm-hmm. And in, in, in the movie, I think they kind of made it into like an orb, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to go back and check that out, but I remember I remember that. Yeah, it's been a while since I read the book, but it it's on that uh, it's on my uh, books that um, absolutely loved growing up. I think I read it when I was like seventeen for the first time. Okay, so my number four is Hyperion by Dan Simmons. Have you ever read this? I have. It's one of the top one hundred science fiction of all time by. Uh... NPR and so I got a whole I think I'm up to like 56 on that list so yeah I did enjoy it just not didn't make my short list yeah it is um it's a whole series and there's I can't remember how many books are in this series I've only read the first two I believe but Mm -hmm. Dan Simmons he's also a horror author which makes sense because there's a lot of horror elements in this story as well um but this is definitely one of those stories I would say really delves into religious aspects in many ways. Um, when you think about, um, you know, the creature, oh, I'm drawing the ring. Is it the shriek, shrike? Whatever right. Yeah. Yeah. And how some worship it and some don't. And um, some that w- just want to destroy it. And to me, it's, it's one of those stories that just, um, uh, it kind of captures you in a way and just kind of keep it just held my attention. And I love the, I love the, uh, I love world building, especially with religion and politics. And I felt like this hit all the right notes for me. Yeah, no, I thought it, it, it was definitely a, a, a well-written book. Yeah. I, I don't know. If, you know, some would don't probably wouldn't classify it as space opera. They might classify more oh, i totally think it is i mean given yeah. the expanse of what happens and the yeah like intergalactic consequences of the whole thing absolutely that's space opera it's more space opera than hitchhikers really hitchhikers just nonsense <laughs> <laughs> but, but hitchhikers is what you go to when you just need to like say you know what the world's a mess and i need to laugh 
So yeah, exactly. You, you get the hitchhikers. So it's always there for you. So, all right. So, what is your number three? Well, my number three is kind of, I, I don't know that it would have made this list other than we are talking about space opera. Because uh, if I said sci fi all up, it probably wouldn't make my top five. But in the space opera thing, uh, the Forever War, I just thought was super well done from a math physics kind of thing and how time dilation messes up your whole life. And so if you're not familiar with the story, it's about this soldier that's that's traveling near the speed of light to different planets in this kind of war situation. And basically hundreds of hundreds uh, over the course of the book, like 1500 years transpires. And so he gets to walk, but he's only experienced a very small number of years because of all the time dilation. But the the thing that really hooked me on it, though, was just they get to these alien planets and the physics of the planet was interesting. So it was kind of like, hey, if we go outside of our habitat, the uh, the heat from our feet is hot enough to uh, turn the frozen methane into gas and then it'll become super slippery and we can fall and kill ourselves. <laughs> I mean, it's just like the guy did a lot of work on coming up with the physics of alien planets. Yeah, I have, uh, I've read it. It has been several years since I read it, but uh, I do remember really enjoying it. In fact, I still have a copy uh, here on my shelf. So uh, I might need to dive back into that and add that to the 500 other books I need to reread. Um, so, but yeah, it is, it is an enjoyable book and uh, I enjoy it quite a bit. So my number three is Old Man's War series by John Scalzi. Um, I read this and I, I still remember the first line. It was like, you know, I did two things on my 75th birthday. I buried my wife and I joined the army and I'm like, whoa, what? And it's like this idea that at 75, you, you know, have the option to live young again and to go through this alteration but the problem is you're probably not going to live very long because you're being sent up in the space to be a part of the planetary defense system that's up there. You're a warrior and the life expectancy is not very long, but he lives. And so I, I thought this was very, this, this had a lot of callbacks to, you know, starship trooper, Kind of in uh -huh. reverse, in my opinion, you know, where right. it's 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 older folks going to defend and, right. and things like that, you know. And, and Skulls, it kind of has that Heinlein influence in some of his, at least in his early writings. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, there's something about this. I just love, I love a story that's told in first person too. Yeah, it, it, it's enjoyable and it's fun. And I don't know, I hear they're making it into a Netflix series. Um, so I, I'd be really interested to see how they end up doing that one. But yeah, definitely Old Man's War by John Scalzi is up there on my list. It's one of those space operas. I mean, they're jumping from planet to planet all over the place. And um, I, I, I absolutely enjoyed it. So it's on my list. All right. So what is your number two? So my number two, I, I might fail on the space opera, but I kind of think it is, is the Han Solo trilogy. All so right. back, back in the 80s, um, 
there were there were three books that came out uh han solo at star's end han solo and the lost legacy and i can't remember the third one but they like came out all at once and i got them as a bundle in third grade and so they were the first like novels slash chapter books i ever read um and i just like the you know han solo was my favorite star wars character anyway and then just seeing his adventures you know and and avoiding the 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 police and the political intrigue that went on but then there were also almost like this fantasy thing because in the lost legacy it was this whole like heist of um you know this treasure that turns out to not be a treasure but the net of it is it, it just felt like it, as a group together it was very very sort of epic space or space opera all right i i read it when i was a kid and I think I was probably 10, 11 years old. Because um, they weren't very long at all. No. And, but I'm going to be honest with you. I do not remember much about them. My kids are in the chapter books right now. Uh, they're actually reading, one of them's reading some Goosebumps. So he's kind of in that stage where he probably would love these. I probably yeah. need to go see if I can find them. And, and give them to him so that I can reread them. <laughs> You see, you see how I do that there? No, I totally get it. They're they're great. I really I'm not, buy, I'm not buying more books. I'm buying them for the kids. You know. There you go. That's right. That's how you play that. But uh, yeah, I love that. Han Solo is my favorite. I mean, I still think it's it's space opera. I mean, I think the entire Star Wars saga is like a mixture of fantasy, epic fantasy, and space opera mixed together. So I absolutely would classify that. All right, my number two is the expanse and when i say the expanse i'm talking about the tv show because i have not read the books um but i did love the tv show um i think it started out on sci-fi and then it, it's finished its run on prime i think amazon took it over um i don't know this idea of just you know it's not far off sci-fi like distant planet sci-fi it's like mm -hmm. near earth sci-fi in a way and space opera so i mean they're getting out to the outer belts and to the rim and you know there's mars and they're mining for water and then you have earth and so it's the politics uh, of this story and then just the the resources that they have to constantly keep up with the rebellion that's sort of taking place the war between mars and what they call the belters and you know it's just it was one of those type of you know series that i thought you know i've never really read or seen anything like this that's sort of that near earth uh sort of science fiction and space opera it's always been like distance you know different planets and you know they're far off in other galaxies and stuff like that so this was a little bit of a refresher, and I, I've watched every season. I would love to read the books. I have a few friends who are also reading the books, but um, like I said, that to be red pile is pretty large right now. So, have you watched The Expanse? I have not. Well, I I think I might have caught like the first of an episode, and then it just didn't it didn't register. Yeah. All right, so what is your number one space opera? 
so my number one space opera is Battlefield Earth by L. Ron Hubbard. All right. And and so if you've seen the movie, the book is not the movie. Like <laughs> anybody that's seen the movie just needs to like know. Yeah. Like they needed a book slapper. They needed somebody on that movie set slapping them because that is not the book. That was not the story. That's not how it worked at all. I um, honestly think that you know, I and that was it was that uh, that was Travolta, right? John yeah. Travolta was, okay. I I think they might have you know read the first like two or three chapters and then that was it. <laughs> That's really oh, how no, I they didn't felt. even read the first two chapters. I'm telling you, it was so broken what they did with that movie. Yeah, it is. It is not the same at all i mean it is a totally different and anyway yeah. all right well, so what do you enjoy about, about so this? here's the thing with this book i it i've got it actually i still have the copy from when i was a kid i bought it at the library sale it was a hardbound book 800 page like large format book that was list price of $25 and I got it for a dollar at the library sale. So I thought I'd done something awesome. And then, and, and that was what, that was the summer for sixth grade. Well, then in sixth grade, my teacher offered this writing bounty or reading bounty. So for every minute you read, you got a point. And if, as you added up points, you could turn it in for little tchotchkes and stuff. So I just determined I was going to get read the most. And so I read 7,000 minutes in sixth grade that, that got counted on this thing. And of that 7,000 minutes, most of it was rereading this book. I read it six times in a year. Wow. <laughs> six times? Yeah, because the thing about it, it's so big and it's so expansive. By the time you get to the end, you don't quite remember the bit beginning. Yeah. So you got to read it again. Um, and so wow. I just, I, it, it had that, that, you know, sort of survivalist thing, um, that was the big thing in the eighties, you know, surviving against the invader kind of Wolverines yeah. thing, right. It had space, it had really interesting physics. Um, and, and then just when you, every time you thought, okay, we're good, something else really horrible happens and, and, you know new space aliens show up so it was i don't know it was great i i really enjoyed that book all right so um i have not read it in years i think i was in college when i first read it um but yeah i i, I seem to remember having a lot of the same feelings about it that you did this atmosphere to it and that was that was big in the 80s i remember growing up and reading books like that and but this one was written in what well, what was it 50s he wrote yeah that? it was way before that it yeah. just kind of hit that button though like yeah like, because well, it, a lot of it was you know there was this whole thing about the you know crystal palace or whatever yeah the, the norad facility and whatnot it's just there was just cool stuff in there yeah he kind of started that right towards the beginning of the cold war anyway so yeah. a lot of that you know then that was still happening in the 80s too so it was still relevant in, in a big way, that type of atmosphere. Of course, it yeah. feels relevant today in today's world. So, <laughs> all right. So, my number one. Now, I did not start watching this. I did not catch it when it was on television. Mm -hmm. I had watched the original series as a kid growing up, like yeah. I did a lot of science fiction, just kind of looking over my dad's shoulder. And I 
did not catch it when it was on sci-fi, partly because when we got married, we were dirt poor. <laughs> we didn't have mm-hmm. cable. T- we didn't have cable TV. I mean, we could, we just needed to, you know, we were just trying to, you know, buying our groceries at Dollar Tree and stuff like that. So um, I didn't catch it when it was on originally, but after we had our first son, I think it was 2012, uh, he had colic. And so, you know, the doctor was like, well, you just need to let him cry it out. And so it'd be two in the morning, he'd just be crying and we'd be sitting there like, well, we're trying to let him cry, cry it out. So I would watch this show during that time and I felt so horrible because I just stuck my headphones in and, and watched it. But that's yeah. what the director told us to do. And that is Battlestar Galactica, the new one that came out um, those four seasons. I... I had, like I said, I'd seen the original one, so I, I knew sort of the premise of the story. Uh, but you know, growing up like you did, uh, you know that Gen Xer and you know a child of the '80s and you know Red Dawn and Wolverines and post-apocalyptic fiction, it hit all the buttons for me. Uh-huh. Um, the survival attitude, the military, you know, uh, the politics, and what I loved about it is there were so many characters in this story who were deeply flawed. Yeah. And they all have flaws. Even, you know, even, you know, Adama had had major flaws as a father, as a captain, uh, always wanting to do things by the military book. It was tough for him at times to admit when he was wrong. But the fact is, is no matter how hard, these these people were flawed you couldn't help but root for them just based on the situation they were facing and it was just it was the battle it was the battleships it was the the fighting the cylons it was this constant go 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 we're trying to survive we need to find water the conflict that happened i i enjoyed everything but probably the fourth season uh, which is what everybody probably didn't enjoy that what was a fan of the show but um, at the end of the day, I was still satisfied with it. So even though they didn't necessarily wrap it up the way I wanted it wrapped up, they wrapped it up in a good way. Yeah. And at least in my opinion, there's a lot of people that disagree with me on that. But Battlestar Galactica, um, that was the show for me. I think they've tried to do a couple of reboots or relaunches or sequels or something like that. And I don't think they really just took off and, hit the ground running because that was an expensive show to make. Yeah. So well there there were there were some scenes in there that in my mind are some of the most epic space scenes ever. Right. Oh like, yeah. So, some of the scenes about the as they're flying shuttles out through the fleet or as the Cylons are showing up, you know, attacking the overall fleet and things like that. They were just excellent space scenes. And yeah. I feel like they, they got a lot of help in, from what I understand from a cinematography perspective, they got a lot of help from Firefly. That, that Firefly set the stage for a bunch of stuff that they were they then did in the movie that made it, or in the show that made it so good. Um, and so, you know, I, yeah, I thought, it, I thought it was great. I just didn't know the, that, that we could include TV shows or maybe my list might be different. <laughs> Uh, that was my bad, man. You can include TV shows. You could have included games. I mean, I don't know. I mean, are you a Mass Effect fan? Uh, 
Yeah, Mass Effect's okay. Um, I, I'd say from if we were going to have a video game discussion, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, we probably need to do that. I just did a episode with Josh Smith on our top five video uh-huh. games. But there are so many video games out there that one can play. You and I are going to just going to have to sit down and talk about video games one day. So maybe I'll have you on another episode just to do that sometime. Sounds good. All right. Hello, everybody. This has been JJ and Alan. This has been Geeky Dads. Talk about geeky things. Thanks for joining us. That's a wrap. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Geeky Dads. Talk about geeky things. I want to talk about two things really quick. First of all, we have a private Discord channel that you can come and be a part of. So you can find the link in the show notes. Just stop by and find the thread that deals with the episode that you just listened to and join in on the discussion. Also, whatever platform you're listening to this on, if you could do us a favor and head over there and leave us a rating and review, we would greatly appreciate it. Until next week, I'm JJ Johnson.